Deep in the woods, there seem to be monsters, humans, and all sorts of things that just want to cause you a bad time. Regardless of that, though, we still try to escape into the woods to enjoy Mother Nature. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends. It's good to see you made it back for another episode. Today, we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going. Before we get into these stories, I would like to put a little disclaimer out there and apologize for any echoes you might hear in my voice on this video. I'm currently in the middle of moving houses, and my office is not fully set up, but I still wanted to be sure to record and not miss any uploads for you guys, so I hope you enjoy the stories nonetheless. Now, let's get into these creepy and allegedly true Deep Woods Horror Stories. This story happened in July. My husband and I decided to take our two kids camping one weekend, since we cannot do much else in this coronavirus time. Plus, we love camping and have never taken them before. Our daughter is two and our son is six. We went to our usual place where the campsites are about a half mile away from each other. Well, once it started to get dark, our kids started getting scared and wanted to leave, so we decided to take them to my dad's house for the weekend and went back to the campsite. Well, around midnight, we decided it was time to go to bed. We laid down and fell asleep rather quickly, and around an hour or two later, I woke up and had to pee. I woke my husband up and he got up with me and went to the bathroom, which is about halfway between campsites. On our way back, we saw a light coming from our campsite, which kind of worried us, making us think our family was looking for us. So we walked quickly back toward the campsite, but right before we got out of the trees, my husband threw his arm out to stop me. What? Shh, shh. I stayed quiet and looked back at the campsite. I watched as the light glinted off something. It looked like it was silver in this guy's hand. It was a long knife. We ducked down and hid behind some trees, and in typical scary movie fashion, the guy heard us move and shined his light toward the woods. He started running towards the woods and we took off running in the opposite direction. We could hear him running behind us as we kept checking behind us and the light was gone. We eventually were able to circle around the road and crept slowly back to my husband's SUV. We got back in as quickly as we could and drove off like a bat out of hell. During that time, we also called the police. They had us take them back to the campsite, and we waited in the car while they checked the campsite and the surrounding area. Soon after that, we saw more police cars pull up, and the other two original officers came up and asked us to talk with them. When we did, we saw something shocking. Our tent was slashed to pieces, and so was all of our stuff. The police ended up evacuating all the other campers, and did a sweep of the entire area. They never did find anything, though except a flashlight that was along the way we ran. We follow up with the police every month, and there's still been no updates.
To give you some backstory, I moved from Port Huron, Michigan to a small, quiet town in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan back in June. But I have been going up here since I was a baby, and I have seen some unexplainable things in the woods around here. Anyway, this happened about two days ago. My friends were visiting their grandparents for a week, and the day they left they invited me and my brother over to hang out one last time before they left. So we went over there. Their grandparents own 30 acres of land, and most of it is wooded. He has some toys that we can ride on the trails with. One is a side-by-side -side and the other is a four-wheeler. So a group of us piled up on the side-by-side -side and two went on the four-wheeler. They were ahead of us by just a little bit, so I figured I'd try to scare them by taking another trail and pulling out in front of them. But we waited in the same spot for five minutes waiting for them to pass us. But oddly enough, they never did. So I drove back to the house, and they were there waiting for us, visibly shaking. So, me, being the kind of guy I am, asked what was wrong or what they saw. They said they saw a side-by-side -side following them, but it was all dark, and they could not make out any figures in it. Mind you, at the time, there were five people in the side-by-side, -side, so I had them take us back to the spot they said they saw this thing. I'm an avid hunter and fisher, so I can track reasonably well and I know what tracks belong to what in the local area. As soon as we pulled up, I noticed a completely different set of tracks. They did not belong to anything my grandparents owned, so I followed them for a while, but they just seemingly stopped and vanished into thin air. So again, we went back up to the house, and that's when things really got weird. One of our friends decided she was going to take a walk into the woods alone. I said, you know that's not a good idea. There's a pack of wolves spotted half a mile out of town yesterday. She said, I know, and with that walked off. I decided to follow her along with a group of her brothers and sisters. As we rounded the first corner, she was gone. And I mean gone like disappeared into thin air gone. I followed her footprints, but they stopped abruptly, and that's when I got nervous. I've been listening to the Swamp Dweller channel for a little over a year and I know not to go in the woods alone. So I went back to the group on the trail. As we turned to walk the other way, there she was, standing right there, scared the absolute hell out of all of us. Then she said a name I will never forget. She said, Francis. Apparently, there was a guy who lived in this house some years back. He killed himself there, and his name was Francis. Apparently, he's been stuck at this property ever since. I'm not so sure if it's scary, but it made me uncomfortable in that situation. Sorry if it was kind of long, but I hope you enjoyed reading it. I'm sure I'll be writing to you again in the future. I'm just going to start out by saying that this is not my first encounter with a cryptid. I sent in a story to this show about a Bigfoot encounter and my friend's encounter with a shadow person a few months back. I'm not a skeptic by any means, and I've always had an interest in the supernatural and cryptids. This happened about 30 minutes ago as of writing this, so it's fresh in my mind. This pandemic has been hard for me, as I cannot see my friends outside of online classes, and I'm a social butterfly, an extreme extrovert. It was about 7.30, or 7.45 if I recall, and it is winter, 
so it is already dark when I had my encounter. I was just relaxing outside in my aunt and uncle's hot tub enjoying myself. They have a cabin up on Mount Hood in Oregon and about one road that passes by the grounds. Tall, medium, and small evergreen pines scattered about the landscape with white snow on the ground from a fresh afternoon snowfall earlier in the day. I love sitting out here deep in the woods in the hot tub enjoying the view. I was just sitting there in the warm water and occasionally whistling out into the dark since I enjoyed listening to the echo. I was making whistle sounds like the way you call creatures in Ark. I was occasionally whistling out into the darkness and just lying in the tub. I had eventually realized I heard nothing except the light drizzle on the roof from the cold mountain rain. There were no birds, no other animals, and no people except for my family. I whistled again and heard what sounded like a reply a second or two later. I made the horror movie mistake of whistling again and got another reply. I got incredibly nervous, almost with newfound paranoia, and began looking around. My thoughts were not fully on the darkness of the forest. I was just thinking about the teenage boy stuff that was going on in my life, mostly my girlfriend and overall missing her. The thing that really snapped me out of this little trance was another whistle. I glanced around the forested expanse and noticed nothing until I saw something I had not noticed before. A set of yellow eyes staring at me from the woods several feet off the ground. It seemed so unreal as the only other experience I had ever had like this was when I saw a Sasquatch with my older brother back in 2013 in Gaston. The eyes disappeared and I did not see them again. I somehow had the courage to be outside for about 10 more minutes after that until the smart side of my brain said, dude, get in the cabin now. I realized that I did not hear it, whatever it was, leave, so I had to still be out there. I got out of the hot tub immediately and went into the cabin, changing and coming into my room. Now I'm writing this. Through some research on Wikipedia and some other sources, I realize I may have just avoided becoming a meal of one of these various creatures that could be from Canadian or Native American lore, which I guess might be the same thing. I decided whatever this thing was was not worth my time, so I locked the windows and I just tried not to make any crazy noises or movements and just hoped this thing would go away. Luckily, I haven't had any other encounters. So if you are out past dark in the northern Cascade Mountain Range, stay sharp and bring a buddy. Stay safe out there, folks. Hey, Swamp Folk. Sorry to interrupt this video. I know that it's not fun, but I just had to do a quick shout out to today's sponsor, HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips, so you can enjoy cooking and set the dinner table in about 30 minutes time. HelloFresh offers 23 or more recipes each week, featuring a range of flavors, cuisines, and ingredients, so you'll never get bored. Cut down on grocery bills by saving up to 40% instead of shopping at your local store. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients, so you're not overbuying, which is a burden on the planet and your wallet. 
I've been using HelloFresh for a bit over a year now, and I absolutely love it. It makes it easy to cook, the recipes are fun, and there's never a boring recipe. Go to HelloFresh.com Swamped10 and use code Swamped10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Remember, go to HelloFresh.com Swamped10 and use code SWAMPED10 for 10 free meals, including free shipping. Check out HelloFresh and find out why they're America's number one meal kit. It was the fall of 1986. I was 23 years old. I had never really been scared in the woods before, honestly. I always felt like the wilderness was my safe place. Somewhere I could go and relax and get away from the stress of life. I've never seen a Bigfoot or a Skimwalker or a Boogeyman or whatever in the woods. As a lineman for a small town in western Kentucky, I have seen a bunch of crazy, but, you know, nothing like that. My only real hobby was hunting and fishing. Back then, it was easy to find a place to hunt or fish, just by stopping and asking the landowner for permission and most were eager to have the deer population thinned out as they were destructive eating young soybean crops. This was also coal country, and back in the 50s, there were a lot of strip mines that were left, and it made a lot of the land unusable, buildable, or farmable, so much of it was open for hunting. It was October 1986. The time hadn't changed yet, daylight savings time, and it was still daylight till just after 7 p.m., I left work at 4, ran home to change into my camo. It was bow season in Kentucky, my favorite season. I was going to hunt an area that was special to me. It was in an area that we will call Coon Ridge. This was a very remote area with broken farmland and wooded areas. The area I was hunting in were the remnants of an old log cabin that my grandmother grew up in, so I always loved to be there. The area was a mile or so from the nearest house and not very easy to get to. After parking, I decided not to unload my three-wheeler and just walk the three-quarters of a mile to where I was going to be hunting. I was using a summit climbing stand, so I had to carry my stand and my bow as well as a fanny pack with my knife and flashlight. I had to walk halfway around a cornfield. The corn had been cut yet, so I stayed in the lane left by the farmers so they could get to their equipment to the upper end of the field. The field was rectangular, and the upper end was much higher in elevation than the bottom, where I had to cross a creek shin-deep with water to enter the field. At the top of the field, the right-hand corner was where I was going to enter the woods at. It was the highest point of the field. I had to pick my way through a thick blackberry and sawbriar thicket, but managed to find a game trail that led me through it, and it finally opened up into a nice hillside with large trees. After finding a tree suitable for my climbing stand, and getting set up, and a little bit of a climb, I was set in hunting. I loved to watch nature sometimes. The deer hunting was just an excuse to be in the woods. As a lineman, I had no fear of climbing high, so I would get as high as I could. This time, I was up around 20 feet before the tree canopy started blocking my view. It was around 5.30 when I was settled in in my stand, and had an arrow knocked. All was calm, with birds and foxes and squirrels making all the noise. Around 6.30, the gray squirrels came out and seemed to be everywhere. At about 7, I was thinking about starting my way down the tree, and at least being on the ground by dark. 
I regularly stayed in my permanent stands late as to not spook deer close by, but they were well marked, and most of them I had added reflective tape along the trail to make them easier to make out. But this day, I was in my climbing stand in an area I hadn't been in at night. I was about to start down when I heard something walking, so I waited. It sounded like a deer in the thicket, but I never really could get a look at it. It was eight at this time, and close to a full moon that night, so from my high vantage point, I could see pretty good in the woods and felt like I could still shoot up to 15 yards, but it was after shooting hours, so I started down. As I did, I could hear the loud crashing of a deer that must have spotted me moving like a sloth down the tree. On the ground, I quickly secured my stand and bow and looked in the direction of the way I had came in and turned on my flashlight. Now, as some of you probably know, the woods look so much different at night, especially in the dark, and sometimes it's downright foreign when you turn the flashlight on. It's not bad in mature woods with no undergrowth, but I was walking into a thicket. I walked along the edge of the thicket for a while, trying to find the trail. I could not find it. I was having no luck. It was almost nine now, and I was ready to get out. So I started finally picking my way through the thicket, keeping the moon on my right shoulder, and finally, I came out into the field about 25 yards away from where I went in. As I stood there, picking the thorns out of my hands and legs, thinking the adventure was over, I surveyed the lane around the field, and in the light of the pale moon, I saw it. Now, when I walked in, I came up the left side of the field around 200 yards to the end, and then turned right, and walked another 100 yards from where I was. It was on higher ground, and I could see around the field where I came in. When I walked in there, there was nothing on the trail. I hadn't heard any equipment or ATVs, so I was shocked to see something in the trail, and not something small. It looked like it was six feet wide and six feet tall, just standing there about halfway up the field trail. It was the only way out, so I never hesitated. I started walking back to there, to where the trail turned. Whatever it was, was standing there. Hoping it was just a strange shadow, but it ended up not being that, I grabbed an arrow from the quiver, remembering my knife was in my three-wheeler. I walked fast and never broke stride. A hundred yards away and it did not move or make a sound. I have walked loudly straight toward it for 200 yards. It's really there, in my trail, blocking my only way out, is what I thought to myself. As I got closer, I could make out what it was. It was two people, standing side by side, and this unnerved me even more. Why the hell would anyone be standing out here at 9.15pm at 40 degrees in the dark? Nobody should be here. I keep walking, 20 yards away, and I see that this is a man and a girl, maybe 20 years old. 10 yards away, and I'm walking towards them, but they're still not making a sound. And they just stood there. When I got about halfway to them, I kind of expected them to jump on me, but they never moved. I said, kind of cold tonight, isn't it? But they never made a sound. They never moved. I just kept walking. I turned to keep an eye on them. I thought, okay, this is it. They never turned around, never even moved their head. I crossed the creek and another hundred yards I made it back to my truck. For some reason, I was even more uneasy approaching my truck. 
It was just so quiet. All I could think of was someone was waiting to ambush me, so I kind of eased up on it very quietly and watched it for about three minutes before I approached. It seemed fine, so I headed back to my truck. As I left, I tried to figure out how they got there, but I never saw another vehicle. I tried to put it behind me, but the next day at work during lunch, I was going on a run to get some food and noticed all four of my tires in my truck were low. After inspecting them, they all had about 10 to 15 roofing nails in them. Someone tried to sabotage my truck. I had to put entirely new tubes in them when I got home. Something odd was going on in those woods, and after that, it always felt like someone was watching me when hunting this area. I never hunted it again, alone, and never parked off the main gravel road, and never found out who the two young people were. We never came across any evidence of pot or any other drugs all the years we hunted it. So, your guess is as good as mine. In August 2012, my ex-fiance and I went camping in a state campground near Mount Hood in Oregon. What hit me immediately when pulling in was the place was near deserted. Only three campsites were occupied out of probably 18 or more sites, including ours. In this state campground with a pristine creek running right through the middle of it, in the heat of the summer, that place should have been packed. So I found that quite odd. We walked across a log bridge to an open area on the other side of the creek. There were wild cattle that wandered through that area regularly, and I used one of the many cow pies that were dried up laying around on our campfires to keep mosquitoes at bay. Anyway, there were a few trails that went up into the forest and around the hillside, so we picked one and hiked a way up. We spotted a tarp back in the woods and what appeared to be an encampment of some kind. It was pretty far away from other campers, so we didn't think it was that big of a deal. That night I was woken up by noises outside the tent, slow footsteps and leaves crunching right outside. I was laying in the center of the tent and there was a ground level vent right by where my head was laying. The footsteps stopped and eventually I started to drift off again, but was startled awake by the sound of someone or something sniffing at the ground. It was right at the vent when my head was laying. I caught a whiff of a rotten, god-awful stench. The sniffing sound was not rapid-paced sniffs that you would hear from a lot of animals like a dog or a bear or something like that. It sounded just like humans sniffing a few times, breathing in deep, then exhaling like a deep sigh that people do. This went on for a couple of minutes, maybe just a minute or... This went on for a couple of minutes, maybe even just for a minute or two. This thing was just sniffing at my head, and I was frozen in place just listening and could not move. Then I heard it stand up and sigh, as if it was deciding what to do next. I heard it pace around slowly for a couple of minutes. Then it got back down on the ground and started sniffing at me again through the floor vent. I got pretty tripped out at that point and quietly fumbled around for my shoes, headlamp, and knife, since that was just before I started carrying a firearm. My fiancé was next to me snoring, and I did not wake her up at that moment. I started to unzip the tent as quietly as I could, 
and got out and immediately turned on my headlamp and started scanning the area. It was pitch black out there, but I did not see anything, though that sick, sweet smell of rotting meat was still hanging in the air. Whatever that was heard me fumbling around inside the tent and slipped away. The smell suggested to me that it was a carnivore, and people have asked if it could have been a bear or a raccoon or, or something like that. It was way too large to be any raccoon, and I don't think it could have been a bear. I'm awfully familiar with those. Whatever was pacing around was walking on two legs, no doubt about it, and I could hear it crouching down on the ground and standing back up. Whatever the hell it was, it was big and somehow snuck off out of sight within 30 to 40 seconds without me hearing a single sound. I have heard many noises over the years while camping, heard wildlife walk through campsites, all the typical stuff you hear in the woods, but this was something truly different and I was terrified. I started a fire and stayed up until the sun came up. That was the very last time I slept in a tent. I still camp, but I sleep in my vehicle with my dog now. I just feel less vulnerable having a hard surface around me. That also prompted me to start carrying a firearm in the woods, which I still do and always will. I do not know if that was a large person or something else, but I have heard stories that I was in the heart of Sasquatch territory. I am reluctant to say that's what it was, but I always wonder, and I wish I could have seen it with my own eyes, just to satisfy that curiosity. It may have just been a person with extremely foul breath, I don't know. It did traumatize me for a long time, but I do not avoid the woods because of it or anything. I'm just a lot more careful and aware now. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true deep woods horror stories sent in by viewers just like you. As always, if you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton in the YouTube algorithm. The more likes this video gets, the more YouTube promotes it. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit the subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new video as I upload them almost every single day in all things natural and supernatural. If you're listening to this on iTunes or another podcast platform, if you could give this a 5 star rating, that really helps me out a ton over there. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future video, whether it's from the deep woods or something entirely different, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I'd love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go and want to listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories but don't have YouTube Premium, nothing to worry about there. You can download your favorite stories absolutely free from iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and just about everywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. And as I said, it's free to do so and always will be. Thank you guys for supporting the Swamp the way you do. I couldn't do this without you guys. If you guys would like to support the swamp outside of hitting that like button, be sure to check out the merch store. I've got t-shirts, face masks, hoodies, and just about everything else you could ever want. Much love to today's sponsor, HelloFresh. Go check them out at hellofresh.com swamped10 for 10 free meals and free shipping. 
Honestly, I really do back their service. I've been enjoying it for over a year now, and I think you guys might like it too. Thank you guys for listening to this video. I hope the echo wasn't too bad. Be sure to comment down below what story was your favorite. I'd love to know, and I'll see you guys soon with another creepy video.